Hola, yo soy Andrea Márquez, and this is Latinx Debate, a weekly political segment where we discuss issues that matter to us, like racial tensions, immigration, climate change, and more. With me today are Luis Gutierrez and Daniel Garza. And we saw how the Democratic Party reached out to independent and Republican voters throughout the convention by focusing messaging on the importance of these elections being about American unity and not about partisanship. And yet a reason many independent or moderate voters are unsatisfied with the Democratic Party is because they believe that the Democratic position on certain political issues has become too leftist. Moreover, their focus on beating Trump has clouded actual policies to the point of voters not really knowing what Biden and Harris plan to do if elected. Luis, doesn't this seem a bit contradictory to you? How are we supposed to trust and vote for a political party that seems to be focused on raising issues instead of providing solutions? It does provide solutions. We want health care for all and we want to expand on Obamacare. The current president wants to limit and eliminate all of those tens of millions of people who have pre-existing conditions. He wants to take it right out. Now, Donald Trump will say, oh, he's going to protect pre-existing condition, but that's not what happened at the Supreme Court or is continuing to happen. He wants to eliminate Obamacare. So healthcare is critical and important to the people in this nation. You know what else is important to the people in this nation? Social justice, right? And that we eliminate and take apart the structural racism that is so pervasive in our society. You know what's important, people? That women earn the same salary for doing the same job, especially when they're even more talented than a man. Equal pay for equal work. Reproductive rights is good. And freedom, religious freedom. This president has made sure that he attacks Muslims and he attacks everybody that doesn't see the world quite the way he does. Of course, he'll hold that Bible in his hand and have hundreds of people arrested so he can hold the Bible, something that I'm not quite sure he's done any time in the recent past. Folks are, are right to worry about uh, the tilt towards um, a more centralization of power and money and control in Washington, D.C. I mean, the size of government is getting massive. Uh, there's an exploding debt. And it just seems that politicians always want more and more. Even though there's record revenue, the, the spending far surpasses it. And, and that's, that's both parties, by the way. But when you, when you bring the, the Green Deal giveaways on universities and, and, and education and healthcare, then it starts to add up. I mean, uh, if, if we could just give these resources away, it'd be terrific if there'd be no consequences. But there are. There are limited resources. The seeding of more freedom and, and, and liberties is also an issue for a lot of folks. Look, people just want a square deal. They, they, they want to cash a break, you know, but, but it just seems that uh, government always seems to get in the way um, because, of course, government and politicians have their priorities and the American people have different priorities and, and they don't match up most of the time. And we want a society of mutual exchange, a volunteer exchange. We want to protect the, the free market. And, and when we talk about health care, we want uh, uh, options in the free market, not government to control it. DNC was able to pull off a virtual convention, whereas the Republican National Convention will be in person. What kind of message is the Republican Party giving to American citizens and the world amid the pandemic? Doesn't this reinforce the widespread perception that Republicans just don't get it? I think what you're going to see is uh, the majority of Americans think we can do both. One, we can take the necessary steps to make sure that we mitigate the contagion of coronavirus, but at the same time, 
we also know what to do when we are um, when we are in a convocation or an audience or a group of people that come together. Respect the distancing. Respect the masks. Re respect you know what what, what science and, and healthcare professionals are telling you. That's going to be important. There there's no question that an atmosphere of a convention requires delegates, re requires the response from the audience and the energy, the electricity that they provide. And so I think you're going to see a lot more excitement that you're going to feel from uh, the GOP convention. And, and not only because of that, but because I think they're going to offer up much more on results that, that uh, this administration has already achieved and what's coming for the next four years if there's re-election. It's going to be a contrast in conventions just based on those two things. We see that when the president campaigns, he expands the COVID-19. He does. It's happened in the past. It's going to continue to happen. Because my friend Daniel says we should listen to the science. Well, the science says we shouldn't be all together. That's what the scientists say. That's what the doctors say. We shouldn't be all in those rooms together. But that's uh, unsustainable can Isolated. I just, if I, I I'm sorry, that. let me just, <laughs> By all that's, means. What, that's what the scientists say. That's what the doctors say. That's what I listen to. But this president, what does he do? He demeans the scientists, right? He scoffs at them. He says, you're not, this is a man who doesn't read, right? Who is not a scientist in any uh, fathom of the word. And yet he demeans the science. And what does he do? He makes us lose credibility in that institution. Let's follow the science. Let's gather. Let's remember something, Andrea. We are 5% of the population, 5%. We are 25% of those that have been infected by COVID-19. And the deaths in our country just are astronomical. Daniel, the DNC was all about unity. And prominent Democrats who had opposed Biden before were there to show their support. Yesterday, President Trump's campaign announced their speakers for the RNC and many notable Republicans weren't on that list, like George W. Bush, Mitt Romney, and Paul Ryan. If Trump can't convince fellow Republicans to show up, what makes you believe that he can convince the nation that he deserves four more years? Uh What's different this time around for Donald Trump is that he brings with him a record of results uh, of achievement during his administration uh, on everything from the re reduction of taxes and regulations to the appointment, uh, the nomination and, and, and approval of, of judges who will honor and uphold the Constitution, uh, the, the increases in energy production that have generated millions of jobs. It's going to be important. Uh, the reforms to the criminal justice system through the First Step Act was also very critical. Um, so. The there is there are results there that, that have resulted in record unemployment for Latinos and blacks and record homeownership, labor participation rates. This is all going to be important. And then, of course, there is a contrast in styles of Donald Trump and, and Joe Biden, where Donald Trump is a force of personality. He brings more electricity, more energy, which I think you're going to see with larger audiences that are actually going to watch this thing. And it's, it provides a, just a great platform uh, for the American people to see what's going to happen in the next four years uh, on policy, uh, which all you saw was just, I think, emotion and attacks on Donald Trump from the Democrats. This is a referendum on Donald Trump's presidency. Uh, people are going to have to go vote and see if they want to uh, renew the contract. I don't think that's going to happen next November 3rd. And I think the Democratic Convention is, is exactly what the country needs. While we have spent three and a half years dividing people by religion, 
dividing people by sexual orientation, dividing people by color, be dividing people by their immigration status. That's what this president has done. Luis, many could argue that there have been racial tensions and many of these issues have existed way before the Trump administration was in office. Why should we believe that Biden could do any better? Well, number one, he picked Kamala Harris as his vice presidential nominee uh, to run with him. That's a historic movement. Number two, if I recall, he was the vice president to the first black president of the United States, Barack Obama. And so I think he has a wealth of experience in working in the black community and in communities of color. Um, and he's demonstrated his commitment. He said, I'm going to appoint the first black woman to the Supreme Court of the United States of America. He's raising women uh, to positions and women of color to positions. And he's expressing an understanding that the rage that exists on so many of the streets for social justice across this country, he wants to be responsive to that. And so I think when you look at Biden, you have to kind of pit him against the president who tweets, hey, by the way, Kamala Harris is going to lead to all those poor people invading your suburbs, your white suburbs, and he's going to put Cory Booker in charge of doing it. Really? Do we need more uh, dog whistles like that? Andrea, I think there is what, there is the Biden that Congressman Gutierrez uh, wants there to be, and then there's the Biden that is, which is very inartful when he speaks on race. Uh, that uh, you ain't black if you don't vote for him. Um, the, the fact that that he would say things like, you know, unlike, um, you know, blacks, the, the Latinos are very diverse. It, it, you know, it, it, he hasn't proven to be that person who can speak intelligently and sensitive, uh, uh, with sensitivity on, on issues of race. So I don't know why the congressman is trying to project Biden as this uniter of the races. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Look, it's it's it, th th there has been, a, you're right, there's been this ongoing issues with race in America that we need to deal with on a personal and individual level, uh, each one of us. And we can't just look to a president uh, just by the virtue of the of the man, you know, being elected uh, by us, and, and holy moly, he's going to solve everything having to do with our race problems. It goes much deeper than one person. Imagine what a surprise! The president who has stoked huh, friction and division in this country is now, according to my good friend, just a regular old Joe trying to do his job. We just need a conversation. He's really, not perfect. Donald not Trump perfect said and started his campaign by pitting Americans against Latinos. As he walked down, the first words out of his mouth were, Mexicans are murderers. Yeah, but I'm not here positioning Trump as, as our savior. Finished. You finished. are. Finish. This is the president of the United States that walked down, and he said about Mexicans, they're murderers, they're rapists, they're drug dealers. Ah, there's a few good ones, but we got it. And then he said, build that wall. What message do you think he sent to America? If not, let's divide our country and let's pit against those Mexicans that are here to murder and rape and sell us drugs. That's a lie about our community. It's racist. And he has continued to say it. He said, oh, wait, wait a minute. He tweets, Daniel, black people are going to come to your neighborhood. I've heard it before. In 1983, there was Epton running against Harold Washington, the black candidate for mayor of the city of Chicago. You know what his campaign theme was? Before it's too late. It's the same old divide and pit Americans against Americans. We don't need any more of it.
Yeah, see, I, I, I'm not going to position Donald Trump as, as, the, as the, our, our champion on race, uh, as the guy who's going to heal uh, all our divisions and, and, and everything that's, that's happened throughout the history of America. And, but I don't know why the Democrats position Donald, uh, or Joe Biden as that one person who somehow magically is going to heal all our wounds and, and is the most sensitive when it comes to uh, uh, talking on race, when he's proven, in fact, totally the contrary, the opposite of that. And that's the only difference. I'm not here presuming Donald Trump as our champion, but somehow Democrats do with, with Joe Biden when it comes to Latinos and when it comes to African-Americans and, and, and minorities. I, I just think uh, that's a bad position and people see right through it. He's a breath of fresh air given three and a half years of Donald Trump. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Dan and Luis. That was our time. This was Latinx Debate. Remember to text LATINX to 52886 to register to vote or verify that you have registered. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at LATINX and learn more at wearelatinx.com. This was LATINX Debate. I'll be seeing you again next week. <laughs>